drop. Hey Idaho Dems, welcome back to another episode of ID Pod, where we talk about Idaho Democratic politics and how it affects you, the voter. On today's episode, we have Boise City Councilwoman and second-time guest Holly Woodings, who ran for Secretary of State in 2014 and also served in the legislature from 2012 until 2014 when she had that run for Secretary of State. Holly was on the show today to talk about a recent letter that we sent out from the Idaho Democratic Party, but as a former candidate running for the office that administers the elections in our state. We thought it was really important to have her on the letter, as you'll hear in the episode, and as you may have already seen online and on social media, was us asking the Secretary of State and the Governor of Idaho to send out absentee ballot request forms to every single voter in the state of Idaho and make it available for you to do so online, because in the times that we're living in right now, we really just don't know how long this coronavirus COVID-19 is going to last and what it may do to our elections. We've already seen from numerous county clerks across the state, and you just can tell for those around Idaho when you go to vote, sometimes they're in senior centers, sometimes they're in schools, sometimes they're in retirement homes, what have you. Those locations just aren't going to work come May 19th, just less than eight weeks away from Election Day on May 19th, our state primary. So, That's what Holly was on to talk about today, and we know that it's a very trying time for folks, and folks are just very uncertain, just as we are here at the Idaho Democratic Party, about what the future holds and what the next couple of weeks and couple of months may look like for us as a society. But our job here at the Idaho Democratic Party is to make sure that people get out and vote, and that's something that we will never lose sight of. And that is why we continue to push the Secretary of State and the Governor to implement easier access and safer access to the ballot box this May and potentially this November because there's really no safer ballot box and more accessible ballot box than your kitchen table. So that's what we're excited about here at the Idaho Democratic Party right now, ensuring that folks have the right to their democracy and their right to vote. And Holly really spoke to that and some of the steps that she would take and hopes that the Secretary of State and the Governor take in the next few weeks as we lead up to the May 19th election. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of ID Pod. And enjoy the episode. Holly, thank you for joining me via phone today for this interview. Appreciate having you and taking the time to do this. Would you tell the listeners why we, we talked about this on the last episode that you were on with us, your days running for Secretary of State and all that kind of background information that kind of helps us give you some definite credibility on this episode that we're talking about mail-in ballots? Sure. So um, thanks for having me, Jesse. And in 2014, I ran for Secretary of State in Idaho. And partially that was to help modernize the Secretary of State's office. It had, you know, really great leadership for a number of years, but definitely needed some technology upgrades to make a lot of the information and services that the Secretary of State's office offers more accessible to our citizens. And so um, that's kind of where I come into this conversation about what our election is going to look like under our new circumstances of coronavirus. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody ever thought we would be in this situation considering we just had an election and, you know, not many folks were dealing with this issue. It it wasn't as prevalent even two and a half weeks ago when we had our election on the 10th, but here we are and now we have quite the issue. And so for the folks who aren't aware and, you know, Holly, I, th- I think you said you had seen it, but we released a letter, the chair of our party saying that we would like to have 
every voter in the state be mailed an absentee ballot request and make it available so that folks can do so online. Because right now you can go on to the Secretary of State's website, but you can't actually request the form. You can start filling it out, and then you have to print it and then mail it in. So there's a lot of obstacles there that you have to jump, or hurdles you have to jump over to be able to mail that back in or take it to the county clerk's office, which some might even be closed now. So there's a lot of different hurdles going through, but you developed an app or you with some some help developed an app back in 2014 during your run for Secretary of State and kind of, you know, piggybacking on that modernization of the Secretary of State's office. How hard do you think it would be for them to figure out the online option? Well, I think, you know, as things are rapidly changing and as we're trying to create better access to government, um, there's a lot of ways to do that. You know, there's apps that can be developed. There are online forms that are incredibly easy to deploy widely and really easy to get the information back um, that an agency would need to then take action. And so I think that what you outlined where either you could um, have all of the clerk's offices or the Secretary of State's office mail out to each voter an absentee ballot request that they could then um, return by mail Mm -hmm. or instruct them to go to the Secretary of State's website and request an absentee ballot there where they don't have to then print a form and mail it in just do a straight electronic submission. I think that either one of those things are really doable for most citizens Mm -hmm. and um, really increase that level of access to the service. I don't know how many people have had printers in their home over the years that have gone defunct, Um, but I feel like I'm always struggling with my printer and I'm a fairly tech savvy person. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm always... I have to fix my grandparents' printer when they're in Arizona snowboarding. Like, (laughs) folks don't know how to do it sometimes, you know, and those are some of the folks that need the help the most, that want, you know, that want to vote. And we we just shouldn't be creating obstacles for people to vote. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, especially now where people really don't want to leave their homes for a variety of very legitimate reasons, creating something that could easily do that service online. Um, You know, we, for example, we know that a lot of older folks are using tablets. They're using iPads and Android devices and filling out a form on an iPad is very easy um, and super accessible. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily know if I would know how to print from an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a really great point. I didn't ever think about having to print from one, um, but I don't know that I would know how to do that either. It's just, it's just, we started thinking about this stuff. We released some of this information and we started getting back. We released our statement asking them to do this. And then we started receiving back tweets and messages and emails and all this stuff saying, well, you could do this. You could print, you could create a PDF and, and print it out and sign it and scan it and then upload it and, and then mail it in and all these kinds of different workarounds for this kind of stuff. But you even boil it down to, you brought up a very good point. I've given iPads to grandparents before for Christmas presents, and that's their one connection to the online world is an iPad and or a cell phone. But either case, even me, who and you consider yourself tech savvy, I do too, I don't know how to print. <laughs> so there's just yeah. lots of different obstacles there that we we're starting to realize more and more every day how many different obstacles there can be to, to mailing this in. And I think 
there are so many opportunities to get rid of those obstacles oh, yeah. and break down the barriers that people have to um, to voting and requesting on requesting absentee ballots. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that the letter that um, IDP sent to the governor and to the secretary of state's office was very timely. So two questions that I have for you. Creating the online form, we've seen a lot, I've heard lots of questions coming from our counterparts on the uh, right side of things, saying how do you protect the integrity of the of an online form? And then secondarily to that, that seems like a way to try and get out of this situation that we're trying to make voting easier. But in your run for secretary of state and your just background in being in politics, what have you seen as the number one reason why folks don't want? Yeah, and I think... Um... You know, there's a certain type of information that we give when we register to vote. They have your driver's license number or your social security number. Either of those could be verified in an online form. Um, Your address, so they're mailing it to the same address at which you're registered. That's another way that, um, that clerk's offices currently verify identity. So, for example, when you sign a petition, they look at your name, your signature, your um, address, and they use those kind of in combination to verify that you are who you say you are. And the process for doing that for an absentee ballot should be very much the same. Um, Is this person asking for this ballot at the place where they're already registered? Mm -hmm. What is their driver's license number? Um, You know, and there are ways that you can even upload a electronic signature if needed and do a um, do a verification of identity much like you do now if you don't have your driver's license and you go into vote in person kind of affidavit process there's a variety of ways to make sure that the integrity is maintained and that people are who they say they are i did want to jump in great points all around but just to offer that we can i'm pretty sure maybe correct me if i'm wrong please but you don't have to give your driver's license number to register to vote. You can give the last four of your social security number, I believe. Right, right. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's another option they could probably use too, is the last yeah. four of your social. Okay. Yeah. Those are just things that we've been hearing. And it's. I figured that there was probably an easy way and you were the one that could help. And I think even when you return your absentee ballot, because I've, I've always voted early or voted on election day, but you have to sign your your ballot, I believe, or the envelope to send it back. Yes, and absolutely. And that's a great point is that when they can um, verify your identity when they get your ballot back as well. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's a hurdle that I think we just, we plowed over that one so that you can decide that that's not a, a reason to not have online balloting or online requesting. But I mean, I think we cleared all the hurdles. Yes, I so think we did. whoever's actually going <laughs> to implement this really only needs to listen to this podcast. Yeah, just us. And just get it done. Yeah, you it know? should be That's easy. Right. Get it done. But I think there's still that obstacle, and we've heard this for years across the country. It's the same reason with like voter ID laws and whatnot. They're trying to make sure that a certain group of people don't vote. And, you know, maybe that's folks who just are working constantly and don't have the time. Maybe they're working three, four, five jobs because they have to pay the bills because minimum wage is too small or what have you. And those are the folks who are going to be disenfranchised even more with what's going on, our current circumstances, and not having the ability to request an absentee ballot easily. You know, 
they're going to be afraid to go or not have time to go to the ballot box. But Or, you know, not have access to a printer right. so that they can yeah. Yeah. print off their request form. Yeah. So I think that this, I think that offering some different options would really clear a lot of hurdles for folks. Yeah. Did you ever, during your time in the legislature, you served two terms, correct? I served one term, one term in the legislature. And then ran. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Did you ever look into mail-in balloting or ever, were there ever discussions about that just all mail-in before coronavirus was even a blip on our radar six years ago? Was that ever a thing that you looked into or ever heard rumblings about in the Idaho legislature? Um, maybe rumblings. I think at the time I was really pushing for um, automatic voter registration at the DMV. And so that was kind of like the first step that I was never actually able to get through the legislature. And then I think the subsequent step would have been permanent absentee voting. So where people register to vote absentee and they don't have to re-up that Mm -hmm. um, request every each election cycle. Yeah. I actually have anecdotally worked on the U.S. Senate race in Arizona in 2018 and they have a thing called Pebble, the permanent early voting list, which is exactly that. You just get an absentee ballot for as long as you need it. And if you change addresses, you just change where it goes and you never have to update it. It's just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And folks vote like almost 80 percent of folks in Arizona vote that way. And it's just truly really fascinating that, you know, that that's a, that's a great option to have. Yeah. And that, um, you know, at the time that we were having all of these conversations back in 2014, Oregon was going to mail-in voting mm-hmm. and had already had um had already had automatic registration oh yeah and so it's you know their experiment has been really successful they've had great turnout yeah. on every election um people get their voter guide and their ballot oh, together mm-hmm. they can sit down at their kitchen table and go through each and every item on their ballot, read the pro and con. And it's a really great way to get people not only more um, engaged in voting more often, but also to um, get people more educated on what's going on. Right. Yeah. That, that voter guide is something that we hear a lot about because we, it's not something that we do, but other states do it a lot. And I think there was one though for the Boise mayor election or the Boise general election last year. I do believe I and it actually got one of those, but Sorry, as far there as the state goes. For, yeah, there was for the um, the citizen initiative. Oh, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. So not the mayor's election, but yep, you're right. Yeah. And the state has to do it for um, constitutional amendments. So you'll oh. get them from the state in constitutional mm-hmm. amendment years, but it only contains that one Just ballot that. item. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Huh. Yeah. We've got some neighbors that are doing mail-in balloting. Washington does it. Oregon does it. California, majority of California does it. I think they did it for one runoff election or a special election in Montana in 2017. Like, it's just everybody around us is figuring it out. And Hey, Jesse, I have an idea. Yes. Why don't we try it for the November election? There you go. What an idea. <laughs> I, I think an it would idea. be a great idea. It would and be. Uh, you and I were chatting earlier, and it's not possible to do that for the May primary no. because of the closed primary system. So folks will have to really request point. which ballot, which primary ballot they want to vote on, mm-hmm. which is, would be the Republican or the Democrat or the Independent ballot. Yep. Yeah. That's a, thanks for bringing that point up. I forgot to to mention that, but yeah, that's a big thing that I've had in conversations with folks is that they that's the only reason why it would be 
basically virtually impossible to do it for May, but absentee, you can at least select which ballot you'd want. But for mail-in ballot, everybody's going to get the same exact one in November. So yeah, it's a really good point. Hopefully, no better way to try it than right now. No, and I think folks would be happy about it. I, I, my fingers are crossed that we'll be through what's going on now in the next couple of weeks, months, perhaps. You know, not not into summer, but who knows? <laughs> who who knows at this point? But hopefully, I like more. your optimism. I I have to stay eternally optimist. I just. I, my parents own a small business. I know too many people that own small businesses that are going to be um, unfortunately harmed by this a lot and hoping that that isn't the case everywhere for that much longer. So I'm yeah, hopeful, absolutely. hopeful for sure. And I think, you know, another thing that people still want to be a part of is voting. And I think that's why we are pushing so hard and appreciate your voice and reasoning <laughs> to uh, at the table on this conversation because there's lots of folks who are just running around like chickens with their heads cut off at this point. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really trying time. There's and things are constantly in flux. There's things that people haven't even, you know, thought about yet that are going to be impacted. Right. And I think that having a conversation about how we're going to vote is really timely. Yeah, it's a very important election for Idaho. It's a very important election for our country and it's very very important that we allow people to have the easiest means to voting. A lot of this is, you know, thinking ahead instead of right. having to be reactive being proactive and saying, you know, we aren't sure yet what mm-hmm. November is going to look like. How are we best prepared right. to make sure that we have a free and fair election yeah. as we're guaranteed? Yeah, it's important. People people want to have their voices heard. And I think what's, what's a better way to have everybody's voices heard than give you a ballot at your kitchen table? Oh, that's democracy at its finest yes, right it there is. well holly i'll let you get back to your quarantine and i'll get back to my quarantine and so much fun having you on again today and if you have anything else to add happy to stand back and let you say something else i mean if you can send us down a case of that fine <laughs> lewiston toilet paper right now yes. that would be great yeah, yeah, yeah i'll just i'll bring it I'll, I'll get a u-haul trailer and bring it back down when i come back down to boise thanks i appreciate it <laughs> happy i already help. sold your girl scout cookies so oh, sorry dang it. well <laughs> I appreciate the thought anyways, but well, Holly, thanks so much for being on the show and we'll see you hopefully soon outside of quarantine and we'll make sure to bring some toilet paper. My pleasure. Thanks for having awesome. me. See you later. Yeah. A big thank you to Holly Woodings again for coming on to today's episode. My name is Jesse Maldonado. I was happy to find a way to record this episode back home in Lewiston. I am actually set up in my parents' house with a microphone and my laptop as I drove home to quarantine with the family, but we'll be back in Boise hopefully sooner rather than later, but we're really excited to hopefully push for the governor and the secretary of state to urge them even more than we already have to allow easier access and safer access to voting uh, for the May 19th election. So appreciate you tuning in. Look forward to figuring out who our guests will be and how our guests will get on in the future episodes of ID Pod, but we're really excited to figure out ways to continue to bring you episodes and talk about Idaho politics and how it's important to you and how it affects you, the voter. So with that, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.